Hey there, welcome to episode 24 of the Author Elevate podcast. This podcast equips and encourages authors for healthy, sustainable, creative lives and careers. I am Janina Bolito, and this is another episode where my amazing co-host Amy Williams was not able to make it, but she will be back soon. And I had the honor of bringing on another guest co-host, Jessica Fry, and we deep dived into all kinds of fun things with uh, the rise of AI. And we actually go back a little further and talk about how this has all been getting set up for the last couple of decades and more. (laughs) So if you are loving these episodes and you're super excited about all of this, please be sure to click the subscribe button. Please be sure to click the subscribe button on YouTube, Spotify, um, Apple, wherever else you are listening or watching this podcast, click that notifications bell in on YouTube so that you never miss an episode. And feel free to share this around social media. For other people who might enjoy it, leave us a review. We really appreciate your time with that. And it really encourages us as we continue to work to encourage authors to not just get the sales or make the money or write the great books, but also to have sustainable creative lives and flow that work with you because this is a marathon and not a sprint. And again, we have we had a great time today uh, talking about AI, about the implications for it, about uh, the way that it's already changing how uh, cultures interact, how people interact with stories, how you can actually make it work for you, how you can sort of get around it if you're not comfortable with it and all of those things. So I am super excited for you to uh, listen and or watch this episode. And thank you so much for being here. Hey there, welcome to the Author Elevate podcast. And I have a special guest co-host today as well. This is Jessica Fry. I have known her for, oh, wow, uh, it's five, five years. It's, it's been a while. It's Uh, it's been been at least five years. (laughs) At least five years. (laughs) It's, time has ceased to have meaning. I've known you for a long time. (laughs) And, um. Actually, when she showed up saying, hi, I would like a, it was a tagline, actually. You want a tagline coaching? It, yeah, it was for my uh, website. What's my brand going yes. to be about? <laughs> that was the first one. Yes. And you said, I was like, okay, so what do you write? And you're like, well, at times there's war kangaroos. And I went, oh, we're going to get along. Yes. <laughs> oh, and shifters and kangaroos. <laughs> I mean, yeah, sign me up right there. So ever since then, we've been like connecting and all of that and everything and Jess has written many books as well and is working on getting them all published because just yes. all the books so how many have, do you have out now like five six oh, right now there are I think there's actually so there's five in the one series with the three mm-hmm. prequels mm-hmm. and then I have some novellas I go back and forth about publishing and then mm-hmm. A couple other books so yeah, yeah. and then maybe Many eight more. coming out this year yes more. <laughs> yes <laughs> and um she's also just you know you do all these things for the author community you're very encouraging you're also a lawyer <laughs> it's true <laughs> i do practice law yes yes and um just has all those cool things going on and is just a sweet person so i am so psyched that you were able to come on the show today jess oh thank you for having me I'm really excited for it. Mm-hmm. And so actually, what are you working on right now? So right now I am wrapping up a what will hopefully be a short and hopefully light and happy sweet story called Bound by Blood. Mm-hmm. We'll see. Um, I said that Slaying the Naga King was also going to be light and fluffy and the same with Faye Lee Bride and then things happen. But, you know, we're going to be fluffy. It's hard yeah. sometimes. <laughs> it really is. Like hats off to the authors who can do that consistently. But mm-hmm. that's uh, the big project right now that I'm wrapping up. And that's going to come out in June. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, that's great. And I am currently going, my just launched a book. And where is my yes. brain? Where is it? But I right know. now, it's mostly in my superheroes. Um, I am yes. working on Steel City Gene E4. I am trying to get at least 20,000 words done by the end of the month. Um, I want to get the next book out this year. 
mm-hmm. but my superheroes sometimes steal my time because it's like mostly just the two characters and the yes. side character who has snail powers, which is completely the fault of Heidi Burke's daughter who's obsessed with snails. So I said, okay, snail man sounds good. Yes. And um, then I just keep writing it and it's just like something where I can just write their banter and write more banter. Yes. Eventually mm-hmm. they're going to get beyond the banter, but right now the banter is, it makes me happy at the end of the day. So. Yes. <laughs> banter is fantastic. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like therapeutic. You're like, huh? Yes. I'm tired. I will let them snark at each other in witty mm-hmm. ways. Yes. There we go. Yes. Completely that. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Now, uh, we actually have a really big, juicy topic we're going to be diving in today, which is why it's kind of our new and shiny. It's our take. It's all of those things. It's been uh, all over the place on the news. There's been a lot of good, truthful things said about it and some things that are like, oh, dear, that's mm-hmm. clickbait. That's clickbait. That's clickbait. Did you write this AI article with AI? (laughs) Usually they did. (laughs) (laughs) But yes, we are going to be talking about AI today. And with the lovely title of how computers have already taken over the world. (laughs) Because if you have a smartphone, you've already been using lots with AI already Mm. authors. Like it's, it's, it's already there. The revolution has already happened. We lost and we did it willingly. So. Yeah. And just to caveat this at the start, um, Jess, you are a lawyer, but this is mm-hmm. not like your specific area of law. So No, um, I would be very clear on that. I do practice some intellectual property law. A lot of the stuff that we're going, that we potentially would get into are a little bit outside of my frame of knowledge right now, though I am working to be educated on that. So we're not going to go into like the cases and such like that um, mm-hmm. that are coming through. And mm-hmm. also that would probably be a little boring for a lot of people. <laughs> yeah. I think those things are interesting. I think partly because with running the publishing house and everything, yes. you need to know about this stuff. You mm-hmm. need to know what's going to the Supreme Court. You need to know what's happening in this court right. here because it's going to create precedents that are going to change how mm-hmm. things are done, how yes. things can be, do, can be done, how you protect yourself. Mm-hmm. But this is a lot of us, um, sharing a lot of learned knowledge and experience Mm -hmm. um in -hmm. no way is this something where you can say well so and so said it on this podcast (laughs) and it's it's gonna like be foolproof this is a lot of our some speculations predictions uh giving facts that you may have not been aware of that were already just there as facts Mm -hmm. if you want personal consultation consultations about this either from a legal side mm-hmm. or from a marketing perspective side, you need to see someone one-on-one about your specific situation. Yes. This does not count for that. Mm-hmm. Uh, do not sue yes. us. We're all good. Okay. Yes. Um, <laughs> this in no way creates a legally binding relationship. <laughs> yeah, <there we> go. <laughs> Absolutely. And then my angle of course is always about like how culture is impacting people. People are impacting mm-hmm. culture, how you're, mm-hmm. everything is changing your brain when you don't realize it. All those fun things that you expect from Janine. Um, of which I blame in part Marshall McLuhan. Okay, if you don't know that name, <laughs> you should look him up because he did cool things in the seventies. Mm-hmm. All right, it's also kind of cynical, but Just I think most okay. people, most times when you're a, like a cultural anthropologist or psychologist, it's really mm-hmm. hard to not get cynical after. Yes. A while. And if you're just a person who asks lots of questions, you tend to get cynical eventually. Yeah, it's it's gonna happen, guys. <laughs> All right, so. As we dive into this whole thing with AI, we're gonna like talk a little bit about how we're discussing it, um, how it's already impacting your life a ton. You may not realize this, it's already impacting in good and bad ways. And um, some specific predictions and discussion of what this means for authors, um, especially in terms of what it's gonna look like for your career and sustainability going forward. There's gonna be some good things about this, actually. Mm-hmm. Like, there are some real perks for this that we're not going to tell you what you have to feel about AI, but if you feel from other people that you're going to get guilted by this, you don't take on that guilt from them. Okay. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like th- there's no shame in using this stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, there are things that are ethically questionable on the visual area. There are some things that we are very much not a fan of that we think were done very mm-hmm. poorly, but there are other aspects of AI tech that are mm-hmm. actually really helpful. 
Mm-hmm. Yeah, any place where it's taking the content without permission, mm-hmm. there we've got a different we've got a different ethical conversation to have there. Yeah, I mean, in book world, this is called piracy, guys. Like, that's just where it goes. All right, so officially, um, artificial intelligence is a simulation of human intelligence pr- intelligence mm-hmm. processes by machines, especially computer systems. And then Jess has some things to add here. So, yeah, it, it, what I have understood with it is that essentially it's a set of technologies that are going to um, allow computers, devices to just perform certain advanced functions. Mm-hmm. And so things like seeing, uh, understanding, translating, uh, seeing patterns, analyzing data, and providing recommendations. And we'll see it through everything in our mm-hmm. lives. Like, there are a few areas of AI that get a lot of the focus, but mm-hmm. practically speaking, it's, it's kind of everywhere. So, yes. um, and actually it's not even kind of, it is everywhere. <laughs> Maybe the Amish don't have it, um, but, but, but they might be using stuff that uses it. Like yes, if an Amish exactly. person needs a ride in a yep. car that is, has yep. a built-in GPS, they are at least yep. having machine learning there yeah. that is yeah. getting them places. And it's just, it's so broad and expansive. So... Mm-hmm. In these conversations, we have to be careful, like, what part of AI are we talking about? Because there are some areas where it's like, this is a huge problem. I would not want to have anything to do with this. Mm -hmm. And then over here, it's like, but these are aspects that actually are going to be very beneficial. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And so what about AI versus machine learning? So, again, I'm not a programmer, but um, my understanding of it is it's, they're very closely connected, but they're not the same. Machine mm-hmm. learning is basically a subset of AI and is usually designed with the intention of um, instructing a machine. Mm-hmm. Whereas AI is, as a larger category, its goal is to think more like a human, mm-hmm. um, you know. So, and it's been here for a very long time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that they've been programming this forever. Like, this isn't new. We want to just keep helping you to see that it isn't new mm-hmm. <laughs> um this has been around for at least 20 25 years in process it's just mm-hmm. it kind of sneaked up on people because in fact it does make a lot of life easier mm-hmm. um, everything from the way that we use gps's to the way we use search engines to the fact that you can now use your phone to talk with someone without having to learn their language because you can use a, a Google Translate mm-hmm. thing or even like apps that just you just type in a text message and it will auto translate and it, will, it won't be perfect um, but my mother-in-law was doing work with a, a refugee family from Ukraine mm-hmm. and she didn't speak Russian and the Ukrainian woman was still learning English but they had phones mm-hmm. <laughs> so they would text yeah. back and then I think they were using WhatsApp or something, and it would just translate it back and forth enough that they could figure out, oh, you need driven to the store because we're still working on getting a license kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and those kind of things, that's, that's machine learning. That's AI. That's smart phones, you know, smart machines. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, and that was a good thing, you know, because it would have been much trickier if you didn't have someone who could at mm-hmm. least, you know, auto-translate. Um, so, I mean, what are some other ways this is playing out in the world? So, you know, it, it's, it's in every platform and such, but like I, one of the areas that I thought was so interesting is seeing like how it's coming into like voice editing and such like that. I got an advertisement for, Hey, if you do recordings and such, we're going to delete all of the, the dead space. That was the thing I hated the most. And I was like, that's amazing. Um, for authors, pro writing aid and Grammarly and such, they mm-hmm. use a, a lot of this. Um, even like the, um, the phone games that we play, like in some of the reader groups where we're like, here, fill in the blanks with this and put whatever is in your middle auto insert, you know, mm-hmm. we have that in there. And, um, that's not even touching on where it's going to go with like the field of medicine mm-hmm. and in marketing, we already see that. I mean, you see the ads, AI wrote this. Yes. That's you should, that that's gimmicky. I don't think, I don't see that as working, but like, um, when you look at a lot of the, recommendations some of them are really on point some of it's sometimes I'm a little bit concerned because it's like I just vocally mentioned that I did not type that I was interested in this product and now it's now I have a coupon you know so it's all over the place absolutely and everything from again bots like who hasn't mm-hmm. typed in gotten some onto a health website medical mm-hmm. website 
and you're talking to a bot on a chat window. That bot has been machine learned, trained, taught by programmers to respond in certain ways. And then periodically, they may evaluate what kind of response it's getting. Do they need to tweak the bot, the commands, how it responds mm -hmm. to commands, et cetera. So all of this has already you know, been replacing aspects of customer service. Right. Um, been getting into marketing in probably really annoying ways, again. <laughs> you know, you get the, all those messages that come to your cell phone, and then they leave voicemails now. <laughs> So they your do. Your voicemail box is full of just static they do. stuff from these bots. And they also they are increasing accessibility, which is one of the things that I found really um, mm -hmm. encouraging and interesting to see. Uh, I have a couple of friends who have struggled with um, typing and, and such as easily, and just the fact that they can now use AI to put together messages quicker. Mm -hmm. Like we're having some very quick conversations compared to what they were and I know for them that's been a huge relief I know for me that would be really mm -hmm. nice to not have to take so much time and you know we're seeing this in so many different areas and I know that you know there are very big concerns about you know people's jobs being replaced I mean I'm someone that just speaking frankly even in law we're looking at uh <laughs> There are a lot of aspects of the job that will be replaced with AI, even in law, which used to be considered a pretty safe, you know, area. Mm -hmm. And like, yeah. no, it's, and for certain aspects, yes, law is safe. For others, no. And I would actually say that's probably a good thing because uh, legal services are so inaccessible for so many people. Mm -hmm. Like we're watching how essentially it's been a lot of the um, lower economic classes have been priced out of the legal system, especially in rural areas and such. Mm -hmm. So there's just going to be a lot of increased accessibility. Um, mm -hmm. There are some there are some challenges that will come with that too. And I mean, I'm gonna have to adapt in the law firm as well as as an author to make mm -hmm. sure that um, I don't get that. Like there's a, someone was talking about how, you know, you don't need to be afraid of the AI, just know that someone who knows how to use it effectively will learn how to do that job. And I think that's, it's a tool. It's, yes. it's just a tool. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And again, it, it's already been here. I mean, if you have a smartphone, you have Siri, Bixby, you have Alexa, those things that those mm -hmm. have been programmed. You know, yeah. those have been programmed to respond to you. My, when my husband got an Android and started talking to Google all the time, and then they would respond back. And I'm like, okay, what, what's going on with you and Google? Because <laughs> someone adapted and learned, and he would just chat. And he's like, oh, no, I mean, we're just friends. I'm like, Steve. Yep. And again, teasing, because you can say, I'm sad, Google, play me a happy song. And it will. Yes, it will. Um, so, again, as we're looking back, you know, this has been going on, I mean, for much longer. This has been in the vision of a lot of people for like mm -hmm. decades and decades. But in terms of a lot of the work being done, you know, guys, Terminator 2 back in 1991 or 1992 was real. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Well, and what's interesting, too, is like a lot of this technology, like, for instance, I was doing content writing back when I was in college, mm -hmm. um, college and law school, because it was a very efficient way to pay the bills. But a big concern at that point was, oh, my goodness, this AI, these AI programs are coming up. And the thing was, it was taking like some of these. I mean, when I say they're like really low tier, they're like mm -hmm. one cent a word uh, type job, you know, that's being used for very brute force SEO. So it's been here for a long time in that regard. Mm -hmm. But it can't take the high tier or the specialization you know or and there's things other things that it just can't do and mm -hmm. that's where we lean and that's i mean that's the way that technology goes a lot of mm -hmm. times i mean it's it's not always fair so if you're looking at things you know historically mm -hmm. cars replace horse and carriages if you were like a horse breeder well guess what you know people mm -hmm. aren't going to need horses as much anymore mm -hmm. um that's just how things go in cultures um, mm -hmm. it's not necessarily fair mm -mm. but when people are going to be driven by efficiency by how they can make more money by how in some ways they can make it easier for others level the field there's a lot of mm -hmm. different motivations it's not based on economic policy as much as people might say this is going to happen just as much in a communist country as a capitalist country mm -hmm. um, just for maybe for different motivations but it's it's part of life and so you have to figure out how to adapt in new ways and how you're going to make it work for you mm -hmm. um one way i was looking at it was i mean i use canva all the time and canva mm -hmm. has hundreds of templates and mm -hmm. 
I mean, but beforehand you would have had to hire someone to make all those things custom. And now, you know, they're not going to get paid as much money unless they're working for people who want like, higher tier custom mm -hmm. exclusive mm -hmm. stuff. I'm, I also pay for a subscription program that gets me templates that are custom that are exclusive. Um, cause I want to use some of those more. I don't want it to always look mm -hmm. like everyone else's. So sure. that's an example of, yes, it probably having this and being able to like, you know, create a graphic for a podcast episode in five minutes mm -hmm. at one time that might've been someone's job, but I'm also paying someone else who is now creating exclusive tiers of things or creating mm -hmm. um, strategic analysis of how to use it, how to use their templates best. I'm still paying them for that service because mm -hmm. they've made it unique exclusive they put some more thought mm -hmm. into it so again the low tier versus the higher tier kind mm -hmm. of work now and yeah there's time also there is still time to adapt like all of mm -hmm. these it's like it, it feels jarring but we still have time you know you mm -hmm. just kind of look down the looking down that uh, pipeline you see what is on its way mm -hmm. and you can start making those preparations it is not going to be quite as much as an upset as it could be but this is going to be a huge game changer throughout i mean it's probably going to be as big as the internet you know coming yeah into effect you know yeah i see that now just to talk about some elephants in the room before we move on to author stuff um first of all with visual the visual data scraping mm -hmm. yeah we are not a fan of that Mm -hmm. At the same time, we understand that if you can ethically source those things, like people who mm -hmm. give their permission, this mm -hmm. is a great way to level the field if you're willing to put in the work and not have mm -hmm. your characters have seven fingers and two arms. Because mm -hmm. um, <laughs> yeah. I've seen But in the visual sphere, as in most very artistic spheres mm -hmm. like that, I know it was a huge thing with music for a while, and now mm -hmm. we've just... You just kind of give up the you give up the fight with that a little bit and say, okay, fine, we're gonna go to subscription services because everyone's yeah. selling things anyway. Um, but with visual art, my heart goes out to them because I mean they spend sometimes years and decades perfecting their styles, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. and then to not have any say over someone else taking that, to not get yeah. any any kind of um, remuneration for that, that's not that's not cool. Mm -hmm. And it's also one of the things, and I will fully acknowledge, I don't completely understand a lot of the conversation that's going on about how the program works specifically mm -hmm. with yeah. images. It is easier for me to understand when we're talking about words, when we're talking right. about buying patterns and such like mm -hmm. that. So I am trying to be, it's like, so from my limited understanding, mm -hmm. I can see, okay, it looks like there are some big issues here. Mm -hmm. Other people are saying we have ways to address that. This isn't an issue. Mm -hmm. Like, okay. I think it could be a, an interesting and intriguing mm -hmm. tool, but I want to make sure that those are addressed. Um, mm -hmm. I know that one of the simplest that I've heard discussed is using particular data sets where yeah. you have consent for everything. Um, others are talking about um, how it's incorporated. And those are things, they're going up into the court right now. I mean, yeah. they're they're preparing guidelines. Yeah, they're getting fast-tracked. Like the, yeah. the legal system is like, whoa, wait, we've got to like... Yeah, the legal <laughs> system does not move quickly, especially in intellectual property. Like, if you've ever tried to go through the USPTO website, it's like from the early 2000s at best, mm -hmm. and it's incredibly clunky. But mm -hmm. they have to move so quickly because they've been inundated with these, and actually it's really bogging down the entire system. Mm -hmm. So they've got to make the judgment. My guess is ultimately, regardless of how the data set is developed and how it comes out, probably the office will uh, conclude as long as you adapt it sufficiently, it will count as a derivative work and it's mm -hmm. fine. So for that, I would say, you know, still, you know, be open to researching as like, where am I getting this? Is this mm -hmm. ethical and such like that? But it is, it's very complicated. And mm -hmm. yeah. Mm -hmm. And so, I want to hear what other people have to say as far as how that works. Yeah, it is a challenge too, because I know on other sides, some people like I've seen authors be able to do some things that they couldn't have done before, mm -hmm. like with that and that's that's cool it's just a matter of making sure that everything is mm -hmm. <laughs> while life isn't fair this is something that's new enough that hopefully we can imp mm -hmm. imp import apply yeah some word well, like that we can do <laughs> yeah and it's just i think what's so hard with it is 
we know how our brains work when we're mm-hmm. looking at something and we're yeah. learning. But this is also, uh, it's a machine. AI is not a person. And mm-hmm. understanding the processes it goes through, like what I, as I have looked over a lot of this, what I have felt so keenly is this is not my wheelhouse. I don't understand half of what they're saying. These are people who are much, much smarter on me on both sides mm-hmm. of this argument. Yes. Um, and seeming to make very good arguments. And mm-hmm. until I can see them more hash out the specific points because a lot of times it's not actually addressing the specific like that one person makes this point another one makes this point and then they're talking past each other and sometimes yes, they're, they're doing that past. intentionally because that's how you keep the argument going like yep and i i think that we're going to see a lot of offshoots from that because there are ways to do this in an ethical manner yeah. and um yeah, I, I, there's just there's so much that goes into that and so many questions and stages and such like that. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I see it going similar to how it did for music back in the early yes. 2000s, where you had mm-hmm. like that a couple of years, the Wild Rest, and there was like Kazaa and there was LimeWire and everyone was tossing yep. their music online for free. And then yep. there was a huge rush of legal things saying, no, yep. no, 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 no. Yeah. Yes, you can do this. No, you can't do this. So right. I think right now we're in that weird limbo place. Yes. Until there's the new laws in. It's really intense, and like the, the thing is, it's going to get even more intense because places like Disney mm-hmm. are going to get involved because if there is one thing they are protective of, it is their artwork and such like that. Yes, and they, have they, argu- they love their IP. Like Yes, and there are arguments they can make that wouldn't be against AI, um, but it would be more to protect the integrity of that. So it's going to be a very, very interesting time in a lot of areas, although I feel like it's been interesting times for a long time now. We could do with some boring times. Thank you. <laughs> yes, let's advocate for boredom. A little bit of just... <laughs> just uh, a smidgen. L- let us just write our stories in a little happy world. <sighs> but we don't do that to our characters either. No, so. we don't do that to our characters at all. Um, and, and with that, I have seen in some more practical ways, the same way they had some protections for music mm-hmm. downloads. They've also, yeah. ins- they're already creating things that you can watermark things more aggressively so that mm-hmm. the artists who are out there who are really like, I don't want to ever be involved with this, can still right. promote their work visually. Like they can still post mm-hmm. pictures without having to be worried about it. The same way you could watermark and that way you can't right click something and save right. it to your computer. Um, yeah. So. And- that would be great, you know, and also because there are people who do want to be involved in this, you know, they yeah. do want to contribute to what is going to come to this, this learning. And that's great. And I think, you know what? Yeah. Then that's going to uh, be more heavily influenced by theirs. But if you have people over here who, for whatever reason, whether it's personal for business, whatever it might be, they don't want to be involved in that. They should be able to say, no, I'm not involved in that. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. Now, talking about everything for you writers out there, of which we are both also writers, um, it, this is already impacting the proofreading and editing mm-hmm. fields. Like, absolutely. Pro Writing Aid, Grammarly, all those, like, suggestions that you get on Word that are half the time just wrong. By the way, if yeah. you're accepting those suggestions for grammar on Word, like, without discernment, Half the time they are wrong or not appropriate for a particular style guide or have no idea what they're talking about. So just be yeah. aware that sometimes machine learning, AI stuff is dumb and you need to be careful. Mm-hmm. Um, but there are people who are using all of that. And the hard thing is speaking from a storytelling perspective, there are authors who sort of churn out a story and put it through pro writing aid and it still has typos and stuff. And they might, if it hits enough tropes, and they have a, well usually it's in certain genres that we both know that have certain kinds of covers mm-hmm. um, they can get some reviews people who will you know ding them a star for the editing but still enjoy it or people who won't care and that that is a factor it will be a factor but I don't see that replacing the proofreading stuff long term yeah. Um, it will just mean that people who need a really cheap fix or something like mm-hmm. that will get it. Yeah. Um, so we're just creating different price points here. It's not an right. elimination of something because there is more to proofreading and grammar editing than just mm-hmm. pro writing or Grammarly, even though they, they do help in mm-hmm. some ways. Yes. I, I deal with pretty aggressive dyslexia. 
So I have multiple proofreaders and editors who go through my stories. And in particular, I have certain weaknesses. Mm-hmm. And sometimes I have, uh, I have the really fun one where I'll use the opposite word. I'm like, really didn't mean that one there. And proofreaders and editors are the ones who will catch those mm-hmm. and be like, no, mm-hmm. I don't think that's actually what you meant here. Whereas, you know, the machine learning, you know, or the, the AI, it's not going to pick up on that in the same way. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, um, and plus, you get the fun interaction. Like the, my favorite thing, I have like this one proofreader who I just absolutely love working with because she gives me her reactions to the story <laughs> as we go. Mm-hmm. I, you know what? I would hire her just for that. <laughs> but you don't get that with an AI. I mean, because even if it did, it's going to be like, yeah, but do you mean it? <laughs> no, yeah. you don't. And I'm it's, sad. It's just not, it's not the same. Um, no. In terms of any fears that you have, this is going to take over like the writing market. It's it's gonna flood the low tier market. It's gonna flood mm-hmm. the um, the really fast you know writing to market, trying to churn out a book in three days. Mm-hmm. You know those kind of things. There's still, I mean, it's probably already being used in those areas. I don't think it anyone's is. gonna admit to it yet. Mm-hmm. But a couple people have, have and they're been. trying. To, they're trying to kind of yeah normalize trying, it. Yeah, yeah. There are a few, and it's like. Okay, <laughs> there's a choice. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and that's the thing. It's a choice. It's a- you know, it's a choice. Um, and that's where you're going to see a lot of people just using this more to make those kind of, like... I see it historically in the same context as a dime store novel or something. Mm-hmm. These aren't books that are meant to be super profound. They're not being written <laughs> to be super profound. I, if you ask the authors, I don't think they would say they're writing the next super profound book. They're trying to just entertain and make a dollar. Mm-hmm. Um, and we are not, there's no shame in that. Right. But if you're concerned about it, that's where you're going to really need to learn how to use the new technology and such, because it's going to show up there. And in some ways, because that particular sphere is so dependent on just using certain tropes, I think in some ways you can get flagged as AI, even if you're not. Is that true, Jess? So, yeah, one of the things that I've been uh, working on is I've had, a, I've had a couple of clients dealing with um, work where they've said that they were using AI and they weren't using AI. And I know these individuals, so I know that they're not lying to me. Mm-hmm. But the AI detectors currently for writing in particular are mm-hmm. very hit or miss because mm-hmm. what they do is they calculate the likelihood of the words that follow being those words. Um, mm-hmm. And then there's certain trigger phrases. And again, it depends on what checker you're using and I would assume though I'm not positive about this it also would depend on what AI generator you're using to create the copy um so I would also add be very careful like if you think someone's using AI and you run it through it's very hit or miss right now um Mm -hmm. and for writers um the AI is going to present some distinct challenges Mm -hmm. but Mm -hmm. What and you need to do specific things to take care of yourself. But if, if someone says you're, it's like no, you wrote AI. Like I even took, I took one of a, a story that I wrote. And actually, it was one that had a snippet with a kangaroo who goes <laughs> up and uh, kicks a vampire in the chest. Because I'm like, there's no way that this can, there's no way that this will go through as AI. And it came back and it says this is 65% AI. Like, well. I was I was very offended. Um, I am not sure I have, and I've read like a, I read pretty widely, and, and yeah. I skim through more books than I read too, just to keep on top of the market. And I I don't see much trope. I don't think it's a trope that a vampire kicks uh, a vampire king kicks a vampire <laughs> in the chest. Reverse that would also not be a trope. But see, it's going to be this duel as this this poor epic fantasy vampire is having to cross this journey. This kangaroo has it out for him, but the, the issue. <laughs> Is that um, other words in that section do follow? Because, like, uh, if you think about like prepositional phrases, mm-hmm. if you think about certain dialogue or things like that, certain things are just automatically going to be more likely to follow. And so these tools are being heavily refined. Mm-hmm. So if you do get flagged and you're not using AI, don't don't freak out. Like the main thing is like document the work that you're doing. Mm-hmm. You know, if you handwrite it, save your handwritten notes. I mean, because that's what. That's what I do. This one started off as one of my thought releases in the morning. And it's like, we're just going to let this go. I actually mm-hmm. want to tell this story. We're going to tell this story. Mm-hmm. So um, it's, it, it is very Wild West, though. Mm-hmm. And it's very unnerving for a lot of people because tensions are also really high. Yeah. And uh, that's actually pretty common for something like this. Like, I, I've been talking to some other people. Like, I don't really remember 
the internet coming in as much, but like in particular talking to my father Mm -hmm. about what was it like when the internet came? What was it like when Photoshop came on the scene? Mm -hmm. And he said there were very similar conversations and concerns and it Mm -hmm. was very intense for a while. Mm -hmm. And I, I do think that it was fairly intense with the music component. Yes. Oh, it's like, I remember, yeah, I remember people had a lot of strong opinions. I was also in college at that point. And Mm -hmm. I remember I was just, I remember being so upset because I wanted to focus on my Spanish test and I was stressed about that. I was like, I don't care about this Napster. (laughs) Um, And then, of course, if you're looking at marketing copy, in some (laughs) ways, for those of you authors who don't like writing marketing copy but want to, again, there's there's a tier of authors who know they should market, hate marketing, don't want to do it. Anyway, okay, that's fine. Um, You can choose to, to... you know, do your own particular journey. But if you're the kind of person that would like to show up more, but you don't have the energy, time, all those things, AI can do pretty well with marketing copy. You have mm-hmm. to change it for your own voice, always. Um, that's been around, again, for high quality AI. Like high quality work for marketing copy has been around for maybe one or two years. It's been around before mm-hmm. then, but it was terrible. <laughs> yeah. And, and actually, I would, I would even say, to an extent, high quality AI is comparing it to AI, not high quality for a human who sits down with you. Yes. Like, that's mm-hmm. still the important distinction. Because right now, the biggest AIs are like, hey, look, I bet you didn't think an AI could write this. Like, yes, you did, because... Yeah, it has no flavor. <laughs> it has no sense yeah. of rhythm. Um, and again, some of the higher quality ones, they're making you pay now. Like, the free stuff is out the door mm-hmm. now. So if you want to use something like Jarvis or something like that, you have to pay. Like, they know mm-hmm. that they're good enough that you're not going to have to tweak them very much. So they're not going to give it to you for mm-hmm. free. Um, but I noticed even my my film editing <laughs> software was like, look, we added an AI. And I'm like, I didn't ask for this. But, yeah, okay. I put in a prompt saying, okay, what do you have to say about, um, this was about writing routines. So I typed in, I say, writing routines. And I had this whole auto thing, which had nothing to do with my angle on it. Cause again, my angle is very much about sustainability, creativity, a lot of the more of the psychological components. And they didn't think about that. It was just like, sit down every day at the same place, have a drink of water, do like just very basic stuff. Remember so, to breathe. Remember to breathe. I no, didn't even say that. <gasps> oh, it's a computer. I guess they don't have to think about breathing. You're right. You're right. <laughs> they don't breathe. Um, so that's where you have to, I mean, it's going to replace some of the low tier copywriting definitely, but the nuance and the depth of language and everything, mm-hmm. I predict in the future, it's probably going to get better, and, mm-hmm. but that's going to rely on a couple of factors, including the person who has the distinct voice has to be able to input enough information for the AI to copy. Mm-hmm. And not only if you don't want to have your unique voice in someone's database, then you don't want to do that. And secondly, it's mm-hmm. extra work. Mm-hmm. Like I, I, I still do a lot of my own marketing copy because my voice is so distinct that even trying to teach mm-hmm. a person how to do it is like, yeah, I could just write it. Like I, don't, <laughs> this isn't saving me time. Um, so those are factors that you have to consider. But if you're the kind of author who just doesn't think in that way to begin with, but you want to get some of that know-how, it can be helpful. Mm-hmm. It can give you a starting point. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's the thing with um, AI is that sometimes it's totally wrong, isn't it? Yes. I actually think that's probably one of the biggest challenges with it. It reminds mm-hmm. me a little bit of um, certain internet sources and how uh, with AI, I actually think disinformation is going to become much easier to spread mm-hmm. around. Mm-hmm. Like actually speaking from the legal side of things, the big concern is what is it going to do to evidence laws? Mm -hmm. Um, with some of what AI can do just now, because it will get better on all of these things. It's going to keep getting better and better, and it's getting better at a rapid rate. And so Mm -hmm. what does that world look like? And we're going to have to adapt and Mm -hmm. be smart with it. And that also means questioning sources and making, and remembering the AI is not neutral. Never think AI is neutral. It is made by a human. It's created by humans and humans have biases. Yes. All kinds of biases and all kinds of things. If you don't realize that, you haven't been anywhere on the internet lately. <laughs> right. And it's uh, it's definitely going to be interesting to see how this uh, comes out, because I do think we're going to see more and more tools that will be helpful. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I, I do think some people are afraid, does this mean I have to write my story with AI? And that's not the case at all. Like when mm-hmm. we're talking about 
using AI as a tool, it is talking about like your prayer writing aid, or maybe, um, for instance, I bet we're going to see something where you could have a private data set where you upload your entire work into it. Mm-hmm. It's private, it's stored, and it will generate a world Bible for you. Mm-hmm. That it will um, allow, it will assist with the world building aspect. That, that's probably highly niche, but it, when I'm looking at some of this stuff, it's like, no, that seems like it would be right over here. That mm-hmm. could be something incredibly helpful for mm-hmm. a lot of um, authors to be able to do that. Like you pop that in. It might take over synopsis writing. And again, I mm-hmm. think if you were to have a program that you can guarantee is this will be, you know, private, secure, it's not working off of things that have been unethically obtained, that's a different story. Yep. And again, <laughs> so, the trick with that one is if you, that synopsis writing, still get an actual author to look over it. Yes. Like, <laughs> yes. Because it'll it probably be perfect. just. Right. And I, I think that's probably the biggest thing is to remember these are tools, mm-hmm. they are not, they're not final products. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes, exactly, exactly. This is a a, a grill, but it's not going to, it can't taste the food for you the same way. And it's that element that mm-hmm. changes. Like when I do synopsis writing for people or proposal prepare, like proposal preparation, mm-hmm. part of what they're paying me for is also to like say, okay, which agents are you trying to put proposals to? Mm-hmm. I'll check, I'll like, you know, Google them. Mm-hmm. I will, you know, see what they're interested in, go through all of those things. What are they actively mm-hmm. acquiring? Uh, what do they mm-hmm. seem to enjoy and et cetera. What can we bring out in the synopsis that's going to uniquely hook them? Right. AI is not going to think about how can I make this synopsis appealing to this particular mm-hmm. person with these kind of things. That's asking it to do a lot of complex, intuitive steps. Right. You'd have needs. to train it to do that. And it's not going to be doing it as well because it doesn't have the life experience of the person at the mm-hmm. same time. I also suspect that innovation for a very long time will be quite challenging for AI. Mm-hmm. So if you're using AI for any stage of this it's going to well actually you know pro writing age is a good example of this because i I, like i said i'll always run it through because i have certain weaknesses that it's good for picking up on Mm -hmm. but uh it struggles because i like stylistic fragments and even when i use the fiction setting it just goes (laughs) no you don't want this or it wants to correct the dialogue in ways that a person speaking would say it this way it's not the most grammatically correct that's okay Mm -hmm. um and it's gotten better. Like I would say pro writing aids gotten significantly oh, better yeah, over gotten the years better, too. Yeah. But those are still challenges that it faces. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. And it really depends on the kind of story you're using it for. Like a short story, mm-hmm. it's probably gonna be a lot more helpful for. Yeah. Um it just it's a much smaller Yes. Bit of content. Yes. So it can go through, tweak it, and then you can go through your five thousand words, tweak it again, and be good to go, more or less. For yeah. a novel that as soon as the content gets longer and longer and longer and more nuanced and there's more things and the more that you're trying to still use tropes but not literally just tossing this trope this trope you know hot guy fiery girl who actually is completely useless but won't stop talking kind of as long as you're like going beyond those uh, you know i I broke pro writing aid the one time I tried to upload Mm -hmm. the before I broke Wilderness Untamed up into pieces. So it was this like multi hundreds of thousands. Oh, yeah, it was like 600,000 words. Initially, it was. It's just like sitting there like, "Hmm." and that's sitting there. And actually, the funny thing was that was the one that Janine told me I needed to break it off from Princess Reviled. So it technically had like this other. And she was like, she was completely right. It was like, yeah, this is too much. You tried to get me to write a blurb and I'm like, um. You've got two books here, at least. <laughs> two books plus maybe three more. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It was it was too big. But point being, Pro Writing Aid completely freaked out about mm-hmm. that length, and and understandably, it is a lot. Whereas Janine did not. Janine just, you know, was like, okay, well, we're going to cut it because that's what makes sense here. <laughs> yeah. And so those are the the differences, the nuances that you're still going to have to include mm-hmm. with us. And yes. So in terms of you know wrapping this up and kind of giving you a bit of hope here Mm -hmm. um you need to make sure that you understand that you as an author are not a machine you know as far as you know hopefully i mean (laughs) what happens if i am a machine (laughs) i don't know it we're gonna get into some really uh that's another podcast day yeah let's not go into too much abstractness here right now um but in terms of like who you are as an author, that is more than a machine. That is more mm-hmm. than what they can do and lean into that. Yes. 
Um, I, I completely agree. Like, because I will also say, I, I was a little bit shaken with some of the stuff, even knowing a lot of this AI material that has been present, even talking to people who are excited by it. There have been points when it's just, I've been hit with a very heavy kind of existential dread yeah. with this. Uh, and it's frightening at times. Mm-hmm. And I've struggled with that. And then I started sitting down and looking at, okay, so what is my brand about? And it's actually been forcing me to be more specific about what am I offering? Mm-hmm. What am I doing here? And also, what does my process look like? Because the one thing, just as a side note that I would say I have observed with people who are working a lot with AI is it does have this push, 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 mm-hmm. faster, 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 faster. And I like going fast, don't get me wrong. If I could work all day to churn out the work and have it of the quality, I would be tempted to do that. But because I am not a machine, my brain starts getting fried and I'm tired. And that's not even using AI. Mm-hmm. Whereas individuals I have talked to, I, I've noticed... Uh, concerns with being able to get into flow, feeling very patchy, feeling um, like things aren't quite lining up. And I think so there are those elements as we're moving forward, we have to figure out what is it we need? What do we need to prioritize so that we can be healthy and whole individuals who are Mm -hmm. offering something distinct? Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And that's, that's where the interesting thing is. If you didn't write that first draft, there is something with the mind's you know, the mind, mm-hmm. brain, body connection thing where you think it and then you type it and it used to be mm-hmm. and it still is. Mm-hmm. The mind, brain, writing connection. Yeah. It does access a different part of your brain. It does access a different part of your creativity. If that's not something you're very fast at, if your handwriting is not good, if you can't use your hands in the same way, that those are all those legit things. Like mm-hmm. you have to learn to process a different way. But that, that whole connection between how you're processing and how it's coming out through your own digits mm-hmm. <laughs> um, I I think some of it is the slowness mm-hmm. you know mm-hmm. there has been I used to really push myself to see how fast can I go and I still think that's fun to see but I've also realized like sometimes the best stuff that I write is when I handwrite or if I go out and I'm walking and thinking through mm-hmm. a scene mm-hmm. but that's about slowing down it's mm-hmm. not about going faster mm-hmm. so I guess all in all what I'm saying at this is that whatever these tools are remember you don't have to use them even if they're wonderful and ethical if it messes you up that's not worth it Mm -hmm. you need to figure out what's best for you Mm -hmm. and anchor yourself in other ways again we're all about creative sustainability and career sustainability which means you need to figure out what your goals are what your plans are and what that's going to look like for you Um, Mm -hmm. we are very pro part-time authors and even hobby authors here and it's Mm -hmm. if you're full-time that's great we have stuff for you too because full-timers y'all y'all can burn out like I've seen all the time where it's like this is great I got out 12 books and now I'm taking a three-month vacation because my brain just can't do Mm -hmm. anything we see you too but we're also affirming those of you who are part-time authors who are Mm -hmm. happy with that you know that you want to do other things Um, you want to get books out in ways that speak to you or ways that you feel called to write you're legit too and you can follow your own processes with that you don't have to go into the pressure Mm -hmm. (laughs) of doing something just because someone who is selling you (laughs) on a product and they may be selling you on a product in a very honest earnest and meaningful way Mm -hmm. like we're not saying that everyone who's trying to sell you something is out to get you they actually may have a good product but that doesn't mean that it might be right for you so use discernment Figure out what your goals are, how these mm-hmm. tools might help you or not help you, and make mm-hmm. those mindful choices. Yeah. I, I think that the big thing that I've been realizing is that fear of missing out. Mm-hmm. And I've had this conversation with so many people. It's like, I want to be on all the social media platforms, but I can't. Mm-hmm. I want to use all the tools that I that are <laughs> ethical, of course, you know, but I can't. Mm-hmm. And realizing sometimes it's just about saying no at the right time. Mm-hmm. And being okay with that, because I will also say, do not ever compete with the machine for speed. I, you know, John Henry, we have that story, and it's a great folk song, and for a little bit maybe, you know, and like, there's a lot of stories of that, but eventually the machines will beat us on speed, but what they can't beat us is on is heart. They can't beat us on our, that individuality. I mean, these are, there are things that make us distinct. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But yeah, just for your own health and sanity, don't try to beat a machine on speed. Yeah. <laughs> ever <laughs> yeah yeah but again like we were actually doing some research for this just to find like some different uh, references ourselves and i was typing in something about ai I'm like oh this sounds interesting this was this is one giant block of text and jess was like i bet ai wrote it. yes 
It yeah. was just one giant column, like for like half a page. I'm like, this is completely unusable. It got top of Google because it had all the words in it because mm -hmm. Google is also machines. And the machine says, look, yeah. this has all the words that you were looking for. Yep. And here's the machine written thing that the machine found for me. And either way, I'm like, this is not useful to me right yeah. now <laughs> or yep. ever. Like, this is this is awful. So just having some clarity on that, you know, doing some thinking, doing some prayer, doing some discussion um, mm -hmm. and, and figuring out where you're meant to be and yes. what the next step is for you. That's going to help you out the most with all of this AI stuff. Mm -hmm. And then as new things show up, deep breath. Mm -hmm. It's okay. Yeah. It's all right. And, and even, even recognizing that those moments of fear, that's just part mm -hmm. of it. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's, it's part of what, how, how our, our brains are wired. Of mm -hmm. course, we're afraid of new things because sometimes new things can kill you. This won't mm -hmm. kill you unless something goes really, really wrong. Mm -hmm. So, but we won't go down that rabbit trail right now. <laughs> <laughs> Again, Terminator, Terminator. I know. It's like we have so many interesting rabbit trails with this, but I, I felt a lot more at peace as I realized a lot of this is an emotional cycle too, mm -hmm. that mm -hmm. um, it's trying to figure it out. And also this is, some of this is hard to comprehend. Mm -hmm. And because it's coming in in so many areas, it feels overwhelming. And it feel it can make it feel like there's no point, but there is a point. There mm -hmm. is definitely a point. And the thing is that I have yet to meet a, a storyteller who didn't have a distinct voice mm -hmm. or something in particular to offer in their own way. Mm -hmm. And a machine isn't going to do that. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. Absolutely. So just keep working and finding those unique voices. And yes. uh, yeah. It was fantastic to have you on the show Thank today, you. Jess. Thank you for making the time on your schedule. I know you're crazy busy. Like it's been a Always. season. <laughs> <laughs> Always. But thank you. Mm -hmm. Absolutely. And all of you amazing uh, authors out there, thank you for tuning in as well. Keep an eye out because we will be continuing to move ahead with Author Elevate podcast episodes on a bi-weekly basis because that is healthy and sane for me and for uh, Amy Williams, who will be coming back in the future. And uh, yeah, thank you so much for tuning in. And go forth and be awesome.